This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM. It has come time. Well, actually, first, before we get into the quiz. No! We had, we had an amazing time. I don't want to talk break. about this. So, once we, what happens in between the last break that oh. we do, the, the, the last song break that we do, talking, and the next song break that we do, is, you know, we like to do a little bit of prep and really focus on our work. And that's what Gemma over here was doing. Yeah, I was like, I was knee deep in the Encounter with Absolutely. God study. I was Absolutely. getting my notes ready. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And, and I'm, I'm focused, okay? I'm, I'm at my computer and end, I'm focused. The end of the song, before the ad came in, uh, that, that started to, it started going out. And I, I, did, the, I did the intro to the, to the next segment. I was like, welcome back. And, and she had a bit of a panic. Bit of a panic. Oh, my heart was beating <laughs> out of my chest. I'm like knee deep in this Bible study. I'm trying to piece oh. together Bible verses and I'm concentrating. Felt on top of the world. And then I, I did. just hear your voice. Welcome back to Faith FM. And I look up from my computer screen, absolutely horrified. Did I miss it? Did I miss the interview? Are we on already? That was so Yucca. scary. You did. You did get me. Well done. That uh, was. Dear. Oh. Speaking of the interview, uh, that was uh, Luke Ferugia. Luke and uh, Lyle and I caught up with him last week. So that's why, why we heard Lyle there. Yeah, that's why I was. That's why I wasn't there. Um, was but yeah, so that, that was a conversation we had with Luke last week. Uh, that, yeah, we thought it was relevant for right now. And um, yeah, um, get, on to, get on to them. Moving on to our quiz though this morning. You. We've come to clue number three. I already figured it out. You know, so by the way, in the, in the break, I also figured out what the answer was to oh, the quiz. So there's no go. more double prizes, but you guys get another clue. All right. So an all was pushing through this to keep a slave. Is that the right pronunciation? A-W-L. An all. Let's just go with it. Confidence is key. An all was pushed through this to keep a slave. Do you know what this is? If you know what this is, this is a bit of a... a, That's obscure. The last one was better than that. I reckon that clue should have been before the other one. I know. Um, But look, anyway, that's how we're going to (laughs) roll. If you've remembered the other clues... (laughs) Also, what I'll do, I will read the other clues because we've just got our online listeners joining us again. We had a bit of an issue this morning. Um, but they're with us again, so I'll read the clues for them as well um, so that they're all caught up. Clue number one, if I said, uh, again, this is a what am I uh, quiz. Clue number one, if I said, because I am not an I, I do not belong to the body. I would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. So that was clue number one. Clue number two, when Moses ordained Aaron, he took the blood of a ram and put it on Aaron's thumb, toe, and this. Mm, yep, I got it with clue number two. Clue and number two is a good clue. The clue I just read out, and all was pushed through this to keep a slave. So if you know what the answer is, give us a call at 1-800-324-843, or you can send us a text at 0491 And if you're the per- first person in with the correct answer, we'll be sending you a copy of the Your Story Hour CD. Which sounds really cool and comes highly recommended, because you said you used to listen to that, right? Yeah, when I went to my grandparents' place. Oh, so cool. It was cool. great. We've had a, it, look, I think it is an older generation thing. However, it's something that I certainly believe that this younger generation should get around because the way it tells stories is just amazing. So get amongst it. Awesome. There we go. Done. I think we've recapped everything that we talked about. We needed we to recap after indeed. all of that. We have indeed. <laughs> awesome. Also, one last thing. Again, if you didn't notice, I've put a little jingle in there at the end before the news and when we speak for the beginning of the account of God. And I love it. 
and it is here to stay. So, I don't know. If, uh, what did you think of the new jingle? I thought the jingle was great. <laughs> or you could just sing the jingle. I think everybody would love that before we go on. You could just sing the jingle. Jingles are my jam. Jingles are your jam. On to the Encounter with God study. <laughs> on that note, thank you for the jingle. That was fantastic. No worries. On to the Encounter with God study. We are looking at scripture. We're we looking at the Bible, we which is indeed. great. We're going to use the Bible to look at the Bible. I mean, wow. we always we always look at the Bible. However, like you said, we're looking at, we're looking at the Bible. We're going to use the Bible to look at the Bible. But instead of going through Daniel or Revelation, we're going through the Bible and what the Bible actually is Just and what that looks general. like and what that sounds like and answering questions and things about Scripture itself. And I have a question for you. Yeah, mate. Have you heard of the phrase, sola scriptura? Until this morning, no. <laughs> okay, so that's a Latin phrase. I, I did, I, I, I could pick got, that up. Got that much, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. You, any guesses what it means? Uh, before this morning or right now? Right, well, right now. Do you know oh, what right it means? Now? Yeah, sola scriptura. Um, I do have to look. No, look, I'll be honest, I forgot. <laughs> um, scriptura. But looking at my notes and, you know, breaking, okay, let's break it down. Sola. <laughs> yes. Or we'll focus on scriptura. I think we could, uh, it's safe to assume that that is scripture. Yes. And sola, that'd be like the, the individual or the only. Yeah, sola, um, yeah. The, uh, the alone, yeah. if you will. Perfect. So, sola scriptura is Latin for the Bible alone or Bible alone, scripture alone. Yes. Yeah. Now, that phrase, that sola scriptura, that, that Latin phrase, uh, first kind of came into, into popular use within Christian circles during the, the Protestant area um, when we're talking about the Reformation. Yep. So this was one of the big things that came um, during that time in the Reformation against the Catholic Church um, when all that was kind of unpacking. Protestants over a course of years developed five different fundamental beliefs, and these are known as the, the solas. So there's five different Latin phrases which uh, were used to talk about five different fundamental beliefs that the Protestants put in place during yeah. during the Reformation. Um, now, obviously, these five different solas didn't all happen at once. Like it wasn't just one day the Christian Church was like, "Oh, they okay, just sat down we've the just understood like, I all want of to the- understand the whole Bible, <laughs> and this is what we have taken from it. We've read all of it, and this is what we have come up with: yeah. five simple rules <laughs> for everybody to adhere to." <laughs> This was so good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. But that, yeah, so that's not how it happened. It happened over a period of time, over a course of time. <laughs> really? I thought that I'm was it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, the accent was great. But over It'd a period of time, yeah, these five different fundamental beliefs were kind of um, developed over this time. Um, but the first one, yeah, is the one we're going to be talking about today. And sola scriptura means the Bible and the Bible alone. So the other four that are part of those five solas is Bible alone, faith alone, Grace alone, Christ alone, and glory to God alone. And so they are the five. Why are you, you giggling? Nothing. You're pulling it's, funny faces. Oh, it's, it, no, don't worry. Moving no, on. Just, we're going to tell you later. <laughs> yeah, look, it's just, I often think about how amazing and funny Latin is. And, ah, there's just, yeah, Latin, everything comes from Latin. And that's what I've heard. And I've heard many people say everything comes from Greek. I've heard someone else say everything, all, all the whole. English language comes from French, yeah. and just French, uh, Latin words. All all words. It's words always fascinate a bit me. Funny, isn't it? It does. Words fascinate but, me. Yeah. Sola scriptura, meaning the Bible alone. And fast forward a little bit more now to the development of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, right? And we know that we come from the Millerite movement, which was based on William Miller, who was a Baptist preacher. Right? Yeah. So yes, that's yes, yes, that's yes, where yes. we get our roots from, yes, which yes, also yes. come from that Reformation, from the understanding of those five biblical concepts of the five solas. Um, but yeah, so that's where our roots come from, specifically from that time in the Reformation period. 
And so kind of from the beginning of Seventh-day Adventism, right, when we started to develop as an as a, our own denomination in our own right, you know, separating, you know, taking the Millerite movement and, you know, growing to become the Seventh-day Adventist church itself yep. um, and kind of having our own identity as we started to piece together some of the beliefs and values that we have now. Indeed. Um, one of those biblical principles that we, we were very strong in, in standing with was sola scriptura and scripture alone. And we as the Seventh-day Adventist Church acknowledge that the authority of the Bible. Oh, absolutely. Like that is the book above other books. Like we that base, is, the, we, it, we, the we be base, all and the end all is the yeah. scripture alone. We base our fundamentals on, on what is in the Bible. Yeah. So scripture alone is kind of how we then unpack everything else. Right, So that's how we form our theology, that's how we understand our doctrines, our identity, that's how we find our decisions for, for life, basically, is from the one principal fact of sola scriptura in the Bible alone. And that was kind of, the, the reason that that was kind of developed was to kind of like safeguard the authority of scripture kind yeah. of thing, so that the, you know, the dependence upon the church and its interpretation. So when we try to interpret the Bible and we try to figure things out, we we have that, you know, that safety and security and that safeguard of knowing that the decisions that we come to and the interpretations that we come to are all from scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's what we mean when, you know, you hear people throw around, you know, let this Bible interpret itself or let, you know, scripture interpret scripture. That's what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super cool. And there are a couple of Bible verses that actually talk about that. And that's what it means when we say, you know, we're going to let scripture interpret scripture. We look at the Bible to let the Bible explain itself. Um, and one of those Bible verses, if you could flick open for me is two Timothy chapter three. Verse 16. Yep. Okie dokie, Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16. And there's another verse Timothy. we're going to go to. Chapter 2. In Corinthians. 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Oh, 2 Timothy. Flicking. 2 Timothy. 2 okay. oh, Timothy. I get into trouble for saying that all the time because I say 2 Timothy and people get confused. They're like, you mean chapter 2? No, 2 oh, That's second. what I thought. Yeah, right. The a lot. Second, second book of Timothy. Timothy. Yes. Chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 16. Verse 16. All right. It says. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. Uh, yeah, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Awesome. Yeah, so it's like unpacking for us that verse about what we do with scripture, like why we use scripture, how we use scripture, what we do with it. And it's used for like reproof, for teaching, and like it lists a bunch of different things that we should use scripture for. But the first half of that verse is something I want to focus on for a minute. And what is your, what version of the Bible are you reading? I have got the New Living Translation. Okay, so what does the first part of 2 Timothy 3.16 say? 2 Timothy Second, Second Timothy. Verse 16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Yeah, cool. So my version, uh, which is the New King James, says the same thing. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. But there are some other verses, uh, sorry, other translations out there, which say something uh, really interesting. And I'm going to read. If there. Lyle were here, he would he would get out his King James version. No, and uh, thou art, thou Look, beest. Just for, just, is just for Lyle, right now, I'm going to read the version. King James version. Okay, here what we go. What doeth thou with version <laughs> saith, 
In thoueth both book. King James of. Version says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's, you know, in, uh, it's not actually that bad. It's, it's, not, it's, no. it's pretty, there's, there's no real difficult words no, there. It's, it's, pretty, one, it's pretty solid. But yeah. some of the other translations um, use the word just within that first half all scripture is breathed out by God, or all scripture is God breathed. Yeah. Which is like a really interesting word to use to describe a book. Indeed. Right? Like God breathed. <sighs> Thoughts on that? God. It's like, it's like, well, some people say that when you breathe, that is life. That is you, you living. You breathing mm. is you living. And I mean, that kind of echoes back to Genesis, you know, where God breathes breathed life indeed. into men. You know? Indeed. So it's that same kind of God breathed life into the Bible, you know, the he, word of it, God. Absolutely. But yeah, to make for the Bible to make that claim that it is the inspired word of God, you know, it is God mm. breathed. Like, it's a pretty huge claim. It is indeed. It's sort of like... No, it's, there's nothing really like it. I was about to, but... Um, there's nothing else quite like it. We're going to look at another verse, and that was the one that you were talking about before in Corinthians, so we're going to yes, jump back. that's the one. That's what you were expecting me to go to, but I threw a curveball like, at you. Back it up, Barbie. That's okay, right. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. No, wait, I'll get it right. Not 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Corinthians. The first book of Corinthians. <laughs> you want chapter 4. In the fourth chapter. Verse 6. The sixth the sixth. Verse. In the NLT, please. In the NLT, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, I have used Apollos and myself to illustrate what I've been saying. If you pay attention to what I have quoted, quoted from scriptures, you won't be proud of one of your leaders at the expense of another. Oh, see, I'm going to pull a Lyle, which is really funny because normally... You know, Long, when I normally, do radio with Lyle, I'm like, I don't like the, you know, King James version because sometimes it's too wordy for me. But I actually don't like that one. And I'm actually going to read the new, the, the King James. Sorry, it might just let's be read, this seat. Let's read the King James version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could just be this chair. This chair is the, you know, the, the Bible, the King James is right here. So here we go. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written that no one of you would be puffed up for one another i just want to focus on that you know that middle bit of the verse which says and ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written yeah right so that right there is kind of backing up the point and the argument that we've made with sola scriptura that it should be the bible interpreting the bible scripture alone and here you know paul is writing and he says that um, you know, in these things that I have told you, you know, these things that, I, that I've explained to you that, that you might, you know, f- understand that it is not to lean on what you think beyond what is written. Yeah. And one thing that, that, that I'm sort of drawn to is that last week when we were going through the, uh, the Bible study, we were talking about, um, now you may need to correct my pronunciation or the correct wording of what I'm saying, but there was ex- experientialism, exper- experientialism. Cool. And real, real, basically, <laughs> things based on your experiences and things, things based purely on what the Bible says. Yeah. And this this verse here, I think, oh, it, this one is really outlining the importance of, of living your life based on what the Bible says. Mm. However, last week we sort of established that you've got to also remember what you, but based it. You've also got to think about what you've experienced. Mm. And you've got to find the happy medium in between. Yeah, I was going to say, there's definitely a balance between 
the two. Yeah. Yeah. But so, in, in saying that there's a balance between the two, that still doesn't negate the fact that, you know, soul scripture got, and the Bible alone is your foundation and what absolutely. comes first. And then your experience comes after that, which is definitely still something that is important and valid to you in your Christian walk what, and in your Christian the, journey. But sola scriptura definitely comes first. Yeah. So, yeah. So that Bible verse that we've just read, which talks about not going beyond the Bible, um, that can be confusing to some people because they're like, but what if I, you know, want to do more study? Or what if I read Ellen White? Or what if I read, you know, other extra biblical resources that's not the Bible? Because this Bible verse specifically says, you know, don't go outside of Scripture, you know, Genesis to Revelation. But it's not saying that you can't read anything else. It's not saying that you can only read from Genesis to Revelation. It's not saying that at all. What it is saying is that Sola Scriptura, the Bible, and the Bible alone comes first. But that doesn't exclude insights from other fields of study. Like, for example, you know, you've got like biblical archaeology and history. And if Lyle was here, he could tell you a thousand different books and resources and study materials on the biblical history and and archaeology behind the Bible, which definitely help, you know, shed light on your experience of reading the Bible. And other things like um, personal devotional books and things like that. you know, you've got in other interpretation of things like, um, you know, your dictionaries and concordances and like, you know, all these other things that you can use in reading with the Bible, yeah. which help give it more light, which kind of help flesh it out more for you. The Bible's not saying that you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Those things are definitely helpful and valid and good for you to use to help you in your understanding of the Bible. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. So, you know, there is proper interpretation of the Bible, right? And that scripture has priority over everything else. Um, You know, one thing that I always appreciate and one thing that I always like to to point out is when there's something in the Bible that that appears to be complicated and and hard to get your head around, but when it's broken down to a way that's simple and understanding, uh, simple and easy to understand, I really appreciate that. And and that's, I think that's what you've done right there. Hmm. You really, and, and so yeah, it's, yeah, base what you, base the way that you live on the principles in the Bible. Yeah, definitely. And I think the idea behind, you know, the soul of scripture principle is that like when conflicts do arise and like when people have different interpretations of things like when people read the bible and they they see a bible verse and they say oh well this must mean a but somebody else comes along and they read the same verse and they do their study and they look at it in you know their cultural historical context and they're like oh well no well what if that means b Right? Yeah. And, you, you know, you because, you know, that can happen. And when people have that conflict that arises within the interpretation of faith, you know, the whole idea of, you know, scri- sola scriptura has, you know, gives us that, you know, sense of stability in knowing that, you know, scripture alone carries the authority. So yeah. whenever you bring other exterior arguments and exterior, you know, thoughts and things into the Bible, you're going to have conflict. Yeah. But if you look at the Bible, you know, alone, sola scriptura, and let Bible interpret itself, because we've already said from that verse in Timothy that it's God-breathed, right? Like yeah. the Bible is inspired by God, so the, the words that are in there are there for a meaning and are there for a purpose, and, you know, God knows what's in the Bible. That's it, right? yeah. Um, so that, you know, the sola scriptura allows us to know that if, if uh, there's a conflict in the interpretation of our faith, then scripture alone carries that authority um, and transcends and kind of judges above any other source or any other church tradition mm. that we kind of like to, you know, add in. Yeah. So, yeah, many things, many times in our lives, there's things that we don't know the answer to and there's things that we don't know. There's things that we're unsure of. And basically what we're saying here is that the answers are in the Bible. Mm. Um, so right now in the, in the coronavirus, 
we've seen there or at the beginning when when the outbreak happened we saw many people questioning you know what how do we go about this what do we do and um you know countless times the, the way that we're sort of going about things is what the bible says in leviticus about quarantine mm. you know and and making sure that there's a when there's a disease you quarantine yourself mm. so it's yeah it's amazing to see that when things when questions ar- arise the Bible is the answer. Hmm. And context is something that is also super important. Yes. We're going to look a little bit more about context in the next segment of Encounter with God. We're going to talk about the different translations of the Bible. We're going to talk about the word translation, the thought translation, and paraphrases of the Bible. So we're going to unpack that a little bit and looking at why context is important. But before we do that, we've got a song. We do indeed. The song that we've got coming up now is quite fitting, actually. We have got uh, Matt Minicus featuring Clint McCoy with Give Me the Bible. You're listening to Faith FM. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wander, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible. When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow Precept and promise, law and love combining, till night shall vanish in eternal day. Any t- 
Welcome back. That was Matt Minicus and Clint McCoy with Give Me the Bible. We've had a winner for our quiz. Yes. We have. So a very big congratulations to Nathan from Gordonvale in Queensland. Uh, young little chap there getting a copy of Your Story Hour. So well done. Quite fitting for him there. Fantastic. You will definitely enjoy it. Moving on with the quiz. I don't. Do we have time for a second quiz? I don't know. Nah, nah. Probably not. I reckon, I reckon we'll leave it at that for this morning. So congratulations to Nathan on winning that one. Uh, moving on with quiz this morning. Though, uh, sorry, moving on with Encounter with God this morning. What have we got? Where are we up to? Translations. We were talking about Sola Scriptura and what that means. Indeed. And how we unpack. Indeed. And how Scripture unpacks Scripture and how Scripture is God-breathed and kind of what that means. But now we're going to look at uh, the follow-on from that, which is translations of the Bible, right? Because if we've said that Sola Scriptura is the Bible and the Bible alone – what does that mean for translations? Like, yeah. what does that mean? And we're going to unpack that with the three main different types of translations. So there are like hundreds there are. of different types and translations and paraphrases and, you know, versions of the Bible that oh, you can yeah. read. If you go onto like, you know, your Bible gateway and you choose which version do you want, there, there's... Heaps. Heaps of Heaps. options. I mean, some of your common ones, you've got your New King James and your Old King James. You've got, you know, your NLT, ESV, NIV. NIV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And they're, they're the main ones. And then the message, um, message. as well, message which, is a has got some, which has got some controversy it, around it. But it we're going to talk tell. about it as message, well. Message, it's not an official version of the Bible. It's, it, it's, it's an official... It's a paraphrase. Paraphrase. And we're going to get to paraphrases in a minute. But first, I want to start by looking at the first type of translations of the Bible. And okay. that is what we call the word-for-word or literal translation. Okay, so okay, so the literal translation is have a guess. It's it's as literal I as think you can it get. It is literally yeah. translating the Bible word for word. Yeah, for what so someone once said. Obviously, the Bible wasn't written in English, which means we have to have a translation into something that we can read. Majority of the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew, and when we translate that, the word for word translation or the literal translations attempt to do that with one English word at a time. Yeah. Sometimes and that's not possible. I think sometimes, sometimes it's a short phrase, like yeah. one or two words strung together. Like and they, a might need word to, they might need have... to um, rearrange the words as well just because of the way that they're structured differently. Yeah, with the way, the way the sentences Greek are structured. and Hebrew yeah. structure their sentences. Yeah, but yeah. what the literal translation aims to do is it takes the Greek word or the Hebrew word and it tries to put in one English word or a couple of English words because sometimes our language is not the easiest to accommodate <laughs> um, and... Yeah, You're keep, not it, wrong. keep it as close as it can to its original language, right? So the word-for-word word and literal translations, they try to keep the Bible as close as possible to the literal translation from Greek and Hebrew, right? So they focus on keeping the same word in order as possible. Like, like you've said, sometimes you have to kind of restructure the sentences around Hebrew definitely more than Greek. Um, English is closer to Greek than it is to Hebrew. So with Hebrew, they do a lot of things backwards. So there's definitely some restructuring of the sentence Indeed. that happens when translating Hebrew. But Greek is still a little bit more closer to the way that we would structure sentences today, like your verbs and your nouns and your prepositions and yeah. things like that. But without getting super without getting super deep into the Greek and Hebrew, you just need to know that your thought, sorry, that your word for word or your literal translations are the ones that keep close to the accuracy of the original Bible. Indeed. And the examples that you have for your word-for-word or your literal translations are, of course, your King James Version or your New King James Version. Indeed. Yeah. And... 
that's the one that we typically lean on and rely on. Lyle loves to use the King James Version, and this is exactly why, because it's as close as you're going to get to the original Greek and Hebrew unless you want to go out and learn Greek and Hebrew. Yes, indeed. And the New King James is, is, is the same as... The King James, but a bit more modernised. Yes, ye, less ye's and thou's. Yeah, so the difference between that is you're not actually changing the structure of the sentences or the words, you're just modernizing the, the old words. English words into new English words, which, which still have the exact same meaning. Yeah, so there you we know, go. Like saith, we can now just say... Say. say. <laughs> so it's not, it's not messing with it Instead too of much. thou art, it's... You are. You, you are. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I, haven't, I haven't studied Greek or Hebrew. <laughs> that was English. <laughs> Their oh, art was never, English. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Moving on to the second type of translations that you most commonly come across. Uh, these yeah. are called the thought translations or the yes. dynamic yes. translations. I quite like these ones. Mm. These ones are always the ones that interest me because it's it's sort of like, yeah, it's yeah. these ones are just, mm. these, these fascinate me. So for me and the way that I learn and unpack things um, is with analogies and metaphors and similes and that kind of helps my brain yeah. unpack things so yeah. i'm going to use one of those to help you guys understand what the difference is between a thought translation and a literal translation so you're probably familiar with printers Liam, very much so right? you know what a printer is okay yeah so what what are the two types of printers that we you know typically Sorry, have I'll stop that yeah. uh, the two printers are <laughs> i was imitating a printer in case in case anyone didn't pick that up that was it that, that was what that noise was indeed uh, so there's like, uh, the, well, there's printers like the electric one. Like we've got one outside the office here, outside so, the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the electric ones, you've got your inkjet and you've got your laser. Okay. Laser printers, right? And that's the two different main what types of printers. What do the laser ones do? Yeah. So your inkjet printers, first of all, they shoot out ink Are a they line the ones at that... a time. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So your inkjet printers do like one line of your, you know, written that's word the, document the at a time. <laughs> yeah. That's that sound <laughs> that you're making. Yeah. Is one line. Is one line of the page. Whereas laser printers, what they do is they mass produce. Okay. Laser oh, printers right. will copy a whole page and print it out at the same time. Right. So you got your ink printers. They do a line at a time. You got your laser printers. They do pages at a time do they okay? do they do um can they is that in color or in black and white both right yeah and yeah, this is man. kind of the analogy that helped me know the difference between your literal translations and your thought translations. so the thought translations are like the laser printers right where they copy page at a time and they pump out whole pages at a time whereas your word translations they're like inkjet printers and they do line at a time right? Because when they translate, they would do word at a time and they do sentence at a time, right? Whereas your thought translations, they'll look at the whole page. They'll look at the whole chapter, the whole the whole paragraph. Yeah. And they'll translate it from that. Yeah. I do. Look, I'll be honest. I do have a, um, a bit of a confused face. I do understand what you're saying 100%, but I was, I'll be honest. I was trying to get my head around those princes. <laughs> I just, I just, look, that's this isn't what this Bible study is about. It's not about printers. Um, I do like the analogy, and I do understand the analogy. Your thought for thought translations. Your thought for thought translations are like a laser printer in the fact that they move through each word to English, examines the whole sentence, right, and they do their best to kind of move over it as a whole rather than pick apart each individual word. Because we've said that with New King James and King James, they try to keep the sentence structure the same. They try to keep the words as close to Greek and Hebrew as you can. But in thought translations, they kind of do things as a whole. So they rearrange the order of the words so that it makes sense in a modern sentence um, for us English-speaking you know, readers so that we can understand it better. So they aim for the meaning behind the words, not the wording exactly. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they aim for the meaning, not the wording exactly. So your examples of this, your most common ones are like we've already said, your NIV and your ESV, mm. right? So that's your new, new uh, international version and your English standard version. And these are the ones that are your thought translations. Yeah. And the last one... I um, Just quickly... I- Actually, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, win, I'll win with you. I just had a, someone text in say that there was also another type of printer called dot matrix printers. Cool. So that's a, a, a again, I don't know printers, but <laughs> I'm assuming that would be even more fine. Instead of line by line, that might be, I think, based on what it sounds like, I think that would be word for word. Even yeah, so more maybe specific. that analogy fits with the literal translation. Then the inkjet would be your thought translation. And your paraphrases, I suppose, would then be the, the page at a time. So just quickly, um, paraphrases are ones that translate the idea without the context. Paraphrases seek to eliminate the historical distance between the Bible so that you can have the general gist of the passage and make it more realistic and relatable to you, which does cause a number of problems. So basically what they do is they eliminate the context. Yeah. So you're stuck with um, the the paraphrase, the, the version that does still get somewhat of the general gist of the point across, but you're missing the rich historical culture, the context. Um, that's all gone. It's just kind of to make it relevant for you today. Yeah, right. We've learned a lot. We, th- look, there's still plenty to unpack, but unfortunately we haven't got time today. But we've learned a lot. I've probably got, look, I'll be honest, I'll put my hand up and say I'm guilty of getting us a little bit sidetracked. I apologize. <laughs> but, you know, we've got we to gotta get our head around these things. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, I'm sorry. But uh, moving on with the show, we have got uh, Michael W. Smith with his song, Ancient Words. Yeah. 
Our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours, as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Are drugs or alcohol a problem in your life? Alcohol Drugs Assist, or ADA, is a 12-step recovery program designed to help you escape the hold of addictions in a friendly and judgment-free environment. ADA meets regularly, and if you'd like to attend, give Peter a call or text on 0487 907 879. That's 0487 907 879. Welcome back. That was uh, that was uh, Dave Crowder and Shane and Shane with "To the Only God." We've got time for question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question question of the the day. day. All right. So, question of the day is based off what uh, something we mentioned today in today's Bible study lesson. Yes. And it comes from uh, we, we we touched on a verse in Second Timothy chapter three and it's verse sixteen, which says all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. So the question is, uh, is coming from the, the first couple of words of that, what 
inspiration. What what is inspired by God? What does that mean? Going into the Bible, what? How do we know what in the Bible is inspired by God? Yeah, cool. So there are a couple of different ways and theories behind what interpretation actually is and what like inspiration actually is. And when we're talking about God inspiring the Bible, there are yeah a number of different theories about what that would actually practically look like. But basically it sounds like what it sounds like, like God inspired the Bible, right? But unpacking that practically and trying to understand what that actually means is a little bit tricky. So there's a couple of different types of inspiration and I don't have time to go through all of them, but I've picked the main two, which most people um, believe or, or have sides to argue for. Um, and the first one is verbal inspiration. And that's kind of when the argument is that God, when God inspires the Bible, he speaks directly to the person who's writing the book. So for example, let's use Paul because he wrote most of the New Testament. So when Paul is writing, right, and the Bible says that he was inspired right? What the verbal inspiration thought or theory behind that is that God speaks literally to Paul and tells him what to write. So whether or not, you know, Paul is conscious or it comes in a dream or a vision and, and, you know, God gives him the ability to be able to remember word for word what God wants to say. But another word that is used when referring to this kind of theory is the, um, the, the verbal inspiration is dictation, right? So as if Paul was literally writing down word for word what God is telling him. But there are some problems with this theory. And one of the biggest problems with this theory is that if God was telling Paul or any of the, you know, the biblical authors to write down word for word, then why is there so much personal content? Like, because Paul is writing, I, Paul, did this and did that, and I feel this way, and I feel that way. If God was just dictating word for word, there would be no personal input to it. It would just read very straight, very plain. Whereas you read a lot of Paul's writings and he's, you know, I plead with you or I prayed on your behalf or I, it's very personal. And there are more books that you read through the Bible where even Psalms, you know, like these are, these are personal things and you can tell that it's not dictation. It can't be dictation. Otherwise the, the cultural context, Paul's historical context in the day that he was writing in and just his personal input wouldn't be there if it was a straight dictation. So that's one of the biggest problems when it comes to verbal or um, dictating inspiration. It doesn't, it doesn't quite work. The other side of the argument when it comes to how the Bible was inspired is thought inspiration. Now, thought inspiration is where God still speaks to this person. You know, we'll, we'll stick with the Paul example. Um, and God speaks to Paul in guiding him in what to write. But this takes place through Paul having the Holy Spirit. That's what it means for Paul to be inspired. It's not necessarily Paul's words are inspired. It's that Paul himself is inspired. Paul himself has the Holy Spirit and has been in prayer and in communication with God and then writes maintaining his personal character, maintaining his thoughts, his opinions and his views, but is being led and guided and, and shaped and inspired by God and the Holy Spirit. So when it comes to inspiration, it's not necessarily that the words that Paul was writing were inspired, but Paul himself was inspired, which leads to the version of um, that Bible verse, 2 Timothy 3.16, that says it was God breathed, right? So God was there with Paul in the moment as he was writing, um, and that's 
that's how we unpack the two different types of inspiration. And the, there's so many other theories about inspiration and how that actually takes place. But uh, we as the Adventist Church, we prescribe to the thought inspiration uh, because that explains how the character and emotions and feeling of what Paul was writing remains intact. And that's how we can know that the Bible was inspired by God. There we go. Question answered. So, again, if you've got any questions that you'd like us to answer on Faith FM, send them in at 1-800-324-843 or send us a text at 0491-064-669. Moses was just a baby boy. When his mama put him in her boat and the river took him on, he met a pretty princess. It wasn't enough till I heard a voice from a burning bush saying, Tell old Pharaoh to let my people go free. David was just a shepherd boy. When the prophet said he would be king Even though he was the youngest son He heard about a giant Went to see the king Grabbed a bag of petals and he sung his sling And the rock of ages brought the mighty giant to his knees Well, you may feel a bit insignificant When you're standing next to one of those men But there was nothing special about him Until they let the Holy Spirit in And with a mighty hand They took their stand While everybody else is making cheap talk It's not the size of the man that matters All that matters is the size of the rock Have you heard about the baby king? Arco's herald angels sing He was the father's only son Taught us about heaven Nailed him to the tree But in three days it was alive and free Because the heart of the rock Was mightier than the stone So the next time you feel insignificant When you're standing next to one of those men Like there was nothing special about ya Just let the Holy Spirit in That was Emmanuel Quartet with Size of the Rock. Gemma, we've come to the end of the show. Oh, so sad. Oh, dear me. What a... 
What a time. It's, it's such a good morning. It has indeed. I've had fun. We have indeed. But uh, being the end of the show, it also means we've got our free giveaway. Where all yes. you need to do is call us up. And today, today our giveaway is a, a Bible study course called Amazing Grace nice. by Elizabeth Vieira Talbot. Uh, so, yeah, this this uh, Bible study course, it, it talks about God's amazing grace and, um, yeah, it breaks it down and talks out. Really, it, it sort of breaks it down. Like I said, I appreciate when, when there's things that are a bit complicated. And, um, and yeah, so the first call through on 1-800-324-843 will be receiving a copy of that or if or the first person that texts through. So if you are either the first person that texts or, or calls in, we will be sending you a copy of that. 0491. 064-669 is the number to text. That's it. Uh, now, obviously, Lyle hasn't been here today, but he will be back tomorrow. Lyle will be back tomorrow. And he will be back with a very special guest. Ooh, so Mystery. You want to tune in indeed, then. Indeed. You will indeed. Um, and they've also got uh, Sven Erstring as the guest interview for tomorrow. Yes. So tune in for that. He's always got great times listening to, to what he's got to say. Um, but, yes, coming up after us, though, we have got In the Footsteps of Jesus with Nick Creta. So uh, tune in. So thank you for joining us today. No worries. Tons of fun. (laughs) Don't forget, guys, to talk faith, live faith, faith, act faith, and you will go strong in Jesus Christ today. The unseen world.
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11, verse 1. You're listening to Faith FM.
still